Are you creative? That's a rhetorical question, because of course you are. A creative is anyone who makes something from nothing. Creativity is everywhere and in everyone. And that means you. So what's been stopping your inner creative from bursting out? Probably fear. Fear is part of creating something. It's a real bee. But don't worry, we'll help you get through that. This podcast will be your guide to claim your creativity, redefine your relationship with fear, and build a new life centered around creative expression. You're going to learn tools from people who have found ways to manage life's ups and downs by turning their experience into purpose. Think of this podcast as your very own creative community. This is Unleash Your Inner Creative with Lauren LaGrasso. Hello, welcome back to the show. So I'm back with a creative check-in and this week's is better isn't always better. And it's all about how heart is often more important than skill. And this came up because as you might know, if you follow me on Instagram, I was documenting a lot of it. This past week, I took a very fun vacation with my dad in the Bahamas and The first night we were there, first of all, I won $240 on the slots, which was really cool after only investing like $3. So come on, a great return. And then we felt so amped up after that happened that we cashed out immediately because you don't stay after you win. (laughs) And then we went to this really cool club that was in the hotel and it was a jazz bar. And we just happened to get a seat right in front of where they were playing. And it was this amazing group of local musicians. There was a piano player who also sang, a singer in the front, who was like basically like the lead singer of the band, and then a saxophone player. And they played such an amazing set list. I mean, being from Detroit, it was all Motown. Me and my dad knew every single word. I never drink amaretto, but my dad, for some reason, loves it. So we just like kept having amaretto, which is this really delicious liqueur that tastes like candy. And we were there until like one in the morning. I said that night I got to meet College Mike. That's what I called him. My dad's name's Mike because he was just like in his prime. So it was an incredible night. And immediately after we had that experience, we decided we were going to go back the next night. So we went back the next night. It was a different group who was there. And The interesting thing was, it wasn't as much fun. Now, part of that is because it didn't have the appeal of when you go into something cold and you don't know what to expect, but you know, we were seated in a different area. And here's the other interesting thing. So this group, the second night group, was technically more proficient than the first night group that we enjoyed so much. The singer was a better singer. The piano player was a better piano player. The saxophone player was a better saxophone player. Yet, I didn't feel what they were doing as much. That first group infused music into my soul. The group we saw the second night, while they were amazing and it was still fun, it wasn't as much of an immersive, exciting experience. And this just solidified something to me that you often hear people talk about, but it's not always about skill. Group one had more heart than skill. Yet, they were more enjoyable. So be the best you can possibly be at your craft, but at the end of the day, realize that how you make someone feel is much more important than being technically perfect. You don't need to be the best at something to be successful. You simply need to put in the hard work, put your full heart into it, and then give everything when you're on stage, when you're teaching, when you're parenting, when you're writing. Because if you can bring someone into your experience and make them, not just bring them in, but make them part of it. If you can make them part of your experience, then you're going to succeed beyond your wildest dreams. And those people made our vacation. I mean, that was a thing we kept going back to again and again and again. And again, just to say that word one more time and sound like a broken record, they were not technically better than the people that we saw the second night. And yet they made us feel so much more. So focus on feeling because skill can only take you so far. 
You got to crack open those heart cavities. All right, now to the guest. Kevin Undergaro is a career coach, New York Times bestselling author, film and TV producer, writer, podcast personality, and former carny. Yes, you heard that right. More on that later. He is best known for his work on MTV Singled Out, The Howard Stern Show, Sam Roberts Show, The Tomorrow Show, and AfterBuzz TV. Kevin's creative journey started in the suburbs of Boston when he'd write short stories for his mom. Later, having to choose between creativity and stability, he realized he couldn't go to law school and decided to pursue a career in the entertainment business. He then committed himself to hard work and took a day job as a carny. He would work as a carny nonstop six months a year so he could spend the other six months of the year pursuing his dream in Hollywood. All of that tough labor paid off because eventually he became the head writer of MTV and even started making his own films, through which he met his future wife, Maria Menounos. During this time in show business and the carny business, Kev saved up enough money to make his own feature film until he experienced the greatest creative heartbreak of his life. He lost his film, all of his money, and went bankrupt. Devastated, living in an unfurnished basement and trying to put the pieces of his life back together, he did what any good Italian Catholic would do, just kept moving forward. And he decided to turn his pain into purpose by helping people. Because life was happening for me, not to me, what I thought was the worst thing in the world that was happening to me was actually the best thing because it pushed me to diversify and learn these things. And now I'm still at an age where I still have so much creativity. Now I'm able to go back into movies and TV, but with power and respect. First on his list, Maria. He spent his next several years guiding and managing her career. Through his coaching and her raw talent, she was able to become one of the biggest names in entertainment journalism. Years on the line, it was also his passion for helping others that enabled him to open up AfterBuzz TV. Since then, AfterBuzz has helped hundreds of emerging hosts and producers get their start in the business, including me. I wanted to have Kevin on the show because, simply put, if I had never met him, my media career would not be what it is today. He saw me and my dream and opened up the door to an opportunity at SiriusXM, which led me to producing Maria's radio show. He and Maria helped me become the producer and host I am today, and it's because of them that I can perform at the high level I do. Kevin is not only one of the biggest champions of talent I have ever met, he's also one of the most wildly talented and creative people on earth, and I'm so excited to give you a peek inside his brain and story. From our conversation, you'll learn why life is happening for you, not to you, how to start building your work ethic and stamina now, find creativity in the mundane, make peace with your 9-to-5 while pursuing your dream, overcome lack of familial support, and how to rebuild after creative heartbreak. Now here he is, Kevin Undergaro. Kevin, I love you so much. I could cry just like knowing that you're here. I feel the same way for you, Lauren. You inspired a lot of this because you're one of the most creative people I know. And you, above all people I know, use creativity as a filter for your life, which is what I hope to inspire people to do with this show. And so when you go back and trace your life, when you were a kid, mm-hmm. what were the first signs that you were a creative human being? I think when I was, when I was little, I'd, people would, I don't know, pick flowers for their mother or do things like that. I would write her stories. And I always had a really vivid imagination. And it was a time where it wasn't celebrated. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think unless you were upper middle class, and even then, it wasn't celebrated. It was, you were shamed. <laughs> you were a weirdo. By your family? Yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah. Because if you're like drawing comic books or, you know, I was, I had Star Wars toys I was buying in seventh and eighth grade, which I'd be the coolest person around today. But back in the early 80s, you know, that was, or the late 70s, whatever it was, you know, like those are kids' toys. What are you doing? Like it was a different time. So I think there are a lot of people listening who have had similar situations to you where they were either shamed or they were told that it was unrealistic what they wanted to do. Mm-hmm. And then they have to spend the rest of their life recovering from that. Yes. So what would or your suppressing advice- suppressing it. Yeah, or suppressing so it. So at least here's the thing. Be positive note for you guys, at least you're being told- 
that's not a realistic path. We weren't even told that mm. because we didn't even think it was a path. It was just like, well, I'm, I like to draw and I like to imagine stories and I like to just write about them. And I was like, well, that's good. That'll make you a really fine attorney. <laughs> You'll be an excellent doctor. You can write prescriptions. <laughs> you can, do you know what I mean? In the like, most creative way possible. Yeah, it was never, you know, or sure, well, you know, Dr. So-and-so plays clarinet every two weeks. You know, there was never a an option. So at least you guys, it's uh, it's which is nice it's in the atmosphere for someone to say, "Hey, this could be a life choice," but you can't suppress it, or you're gonna have pain and suffering in your life. And you'll find that even when you are have down moments, you go back to your creativity. It's the best form of therapy. Yeah. Right. That's why they have art therapy. That's why, if it's not art therapy, they'll say, "Well, go journal." Well, why are they saying that? So you can express yourself through being creative. I think the hardest thing is, uh, so a lot of stuff goes back to my Carney days. <laughs> and there was one of the, one of the many quotes was you can scam all you want, mm-hmm. but you got to work. And, um, what they meant by that was, cause there was a lot of guys there that were wise guys who were selling drugs, loan sharking, just doing all that stuff, but they would keep a day job. So the police wouldn't wonder why, how do you have a nice car? How do you have all these things and you don't have a job? So you have to keep a real job so you can do your scams. So they would say you can scam all you want, but you have to work. So I always hung on to that, but not for the reason they did. My thing was, okay, the scam, and I, this is an ugly word, the scam. and I, It's, it's take, one of your Kevinisms. It is a scam. Kevinism, yeah, but I also <laughs> meant to mental violence and, and using and, and really being careful with words because they're powerful. But unfortunately, in this case, I use scam as the creative and the fun stuff we all want to do. But you have to do the work. Now, the work is the training. You Look at you. You're still taking guitar lessons. You're still still training at your craft. But then the work is you may have to drive Uber. You may have to wait tables. You may have to have a, a job 40 hours a week that sucks a little bit at your soul. You know, you you try not to. You try to find something that's not going to do that. But then it's the nights and the weekends that you in, you put into your scam, <laughs> you know, meaning into your creative. And I think that's what hurts a lot of artists is they're not willing to do the work. So they may work at the craft, but then they're not willing to do the other work to get there. I mean, I always say I still clean up dog poop every day. Every day. Do you think that there's merit to like finding a creative way to clean up dog shit? Yes. And how do you approach that? It's just, we're going to get it done. We're going to get it done this much amount of time. And as soon as it gets done, then I can move on to doing something creative. Like giving yourself rewards for the things that you have to do. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. And I think also making your peace with it. I deal with so many young people who are in the arts and the pain of thinking about, I have to go to work. I have to, I'm sick. How do I just get a job hosting and not doing anything else? And there's so much focus on that and it's not healthy. Every New Year's Eve, Lauren, years ago, it would be like, that's it. This is the year I make it. No more having to be a carny. Uh Uh-uh. This is the year that I make it and I'm just Mr. Showbiz and, you know, uh, either it's making films or it's uh, making writing sitcoms. That's all I'm doing. And um, finally, it hit me about 10 years ago where I was like, you know what? No. Like, guess what this year is going to be? This year, I'm going to embrace the day work that I do and I'm going to continue to develop my my trade and my craft. And when I look at every year, I've gotten a little further ahead every single year. And you know what? And I'm just going to be better this year than last year. And when I changed my mind to that, that's what happened. When the success comes. That's when everything came. Mm-hmm. So it was all the cliche stuff of living more in the present and really enjoying those moments and enjoy your interpersonal relationships. Listen, if you're, if working for your boss is making you crazy, maybe you do do Uber. And if you do Uber, you never know who you're going to meet. As an Uber client, I've met amazing people yeah. that I've kept in touch with. And and, and so, you're special with that, though. because And you taught me that because my intern, guess where I met her? 
where? Victoria's Secret. Oh, there you go. Yeah, because how you do anything is how you do everything. Right. Mm-hmm. And I think, but see, Lauren, you and I are very similar. That's why, and you're the next generation, so I'm even more excited for you, is you have the ability to see other people's talent, and then you have the heart to and the compassion to say, okay, you've got this talent. Let me help you get there. And, you know, and a lot of us, again, because we're not present, we don't see people. Mm-hmm. So you have Victoria's Secret, and usually it's like, uh, I'm going to get this, I'm going to get this, I'm going to look great for my selfie, bitches. I'm going to get this, and now I'm going to my next thing, and blah, 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 blah. Well, you know, you're there where you were like, hey, this person is really good at their job, really giving me their full attention, and you know what? I see you, and I'm going to acknowledge that, number one, because it only makes people like that have more passion for their jobs because we live in a world where everyone just wants to be a YouTube star. Nobody wants to work anymore. Everyone just wants to scam. So when I see someone at a coffee shop or that's really good, I always take the time to see them and say it. And, you know, ABR, always be recruiting, which is what you practice. Is like, hey, wait a second. Why don't you come? You have heart and you're doing great. Why don't I see you, number one. And then number two, why don't you come work with me? And that's the other thing too. So in those day jobs, when you're an artist and you I know your listeners are younger and they're struggling in the business. So they're in those day jobs. And let's face it, Lauren, most of them don't want to be there and are miserable. And then that's coming out at the job. And they're thinking in the back of their head, I'm going to just do the minimal amount of work here. I will have the minimal amount of enthusiasm at this job. I will be as negative as I want to be. And I'm going to watch that clock. And when it hits five, I'm out of here because guess what? I'm not long for this. I'm going to make it and I'll be out of here soon. But then when you have someone like Maria, when she, my wife, Maria Menounos, as you know, your mentor, when she worked at Dunkin' Donuts, she went in with a different attitude. She went in and was like, oh, these donuts, I'm going to act like Vanna White. When Vanna White would show the letters on Wheel of Fortune, she was like, I'm going to go and stand tall and display the donuts. Like when someone say, I want a dozen of donuts, Marie would go out and say, <laughs> which one? We have a wonderful selection. And so then what happened was the job was more fun. She started getting tips, but then the people that saw Maria in that job, she made great connections. So Stephen the Mew, who runs all of our networks here. At AfterBuzz TV. Yes, at AfterBuzz TV. And so Stephen simply was a fantastic waiter at Chili's. So Marie and I would always go to this Chili's and the food the food was at and the service was worse always. And then all of a sudden we had this one guy and do you need this? And can I get you this? And oh, you wanted this. So I brought, like he was attentive, he was on, he was on point. And so I said to him, okay, what, what's your scam? <laughs> like, <laughs> you know. How long did you wait before you asked him his scam? At the end of the meal. Okay, cool. So I just, and he told me, oh, you know, I'm a, I want to be a filmmaker or whatever. I said, okay. Here's my information. Come down after Buzz and let's go from there. And now look what he's doing. So when you're in those positions, first of all, you're going to have a better day. Your day's going to go by faster if you're positive and you and you give your all in those things. But you never know who's watching you. You never know who's going to see you. And like, look at that girl. Had she mailed it in? Had she been like, listen, I'm a YouTube star. I'm over this. I'm going to just what you know hide in the corner. When someone like a customer walks by, I'll put my head down. Pretend I'm folding clothes so I don't have to deal with them. I mean, this is usually what I deal with at the Home Depots and the mm-hmm. is everyone just runs the other way. But she wasn't like that with you, right? No, she and went above happened. and beyond. And now look what happened yeah. and the reward. So, Kev, if someone's not like you and they don't have that sight and the ability to like natural ability to just see somebody, um, what are some ways that they can be a little bit more present and open themselves up to empowering others in that way? being older and being in in the thick of this, more of us want to help than you think. Yes, there are not ones who see people. I will give you that. But at least in Hollywood, most of us who are successful, there is a sense of, eh, I kind of don't, don't know if I really deserve all this. Uh, you know, and they want to give back. And I actually, my friends in corporate too, mm-hmm. oddly enough, They'll they'll see the people. They may not. My friends may not take that next step like you did to say, "I'd like to hire you." You know what the problem usually is? Is the people, the young people, have not had the courage to say, "Hey, could I pass along my resume? Could I?" Okay, so I was I was back east at home at Home Depot, and there was a young guy there. 
He really worked hard with me to grab. I was a lot of heavy lumber I was grabbing. He helped me. He sawed stuff with me. Then we started talking boxing. He knew he had such passion for boxing. He really knew his stuff. And he was a local champ. His dream was to go to the Olympics. So little did he know he bumped into me. And I was like, okay, here's what you got to do, X, Y, Z. And there was like, I've never heard any. My coaches never told me this stuff. I've never heard this stuff before. And I said, here's my number. This is what you have to do. And here's your five steps you're going to take right now if you want to get to the Olympics in two years. He never texted me. Mm. And that happens a lot. You know, and that happens a lot. And and so the people on your 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 end, I mean you you younger people, have that courage, you know, be willing to ask for the help. Remember only someone can only say yes or no. And the way the best way to ask for help is offer help yourself. That's the other mistake. So I will get a lot of DMs and the in, in Instagram and Facebook that will say, How can I become part of Afterbuzz? So to me they're already offering. You know, they want to contribute to our network. Great. X, Y, and Z. And, you know, we'll get you there. Then I have other ones who will just say, I want to be the next Ryan Seacrest. I want to start my own thing and I need and I need a mentor. And, you know, basically will you be my and I'm I have three hundred kids here who need me. Then I have you guys, the alumni, who all need me, you know, from Afterbuzz. And I have Maria who needs me, you know, and then I have my celebrity friends who need me and, and I, you have you. It's somewhere in there. Um, that's a whole other thing. That's, We're going to get to that. That's Don't part worry. two probably. Um, but anyway, but but yeah. And so it's like you're not offering. You just want to take. And most of people on higher levels are so overwhelmed. So many decisions mm-hmm. they're making a day. So much going on. Now, yes, their lives are easier in some ways because they have more means than you do when you're Ubering and doing that. But they also have far more responsibility, far more decisions. And then they have children and they... It's hard. So the best thing to do is have the courage to say, ask them, but then offer something. You know, I I could answer phone calls for you. I would do errands for you. Even, by the way, even if you, they say no to that, they'll say, wow, this person's coming from a great place. And you'll be surprised how much people do honor the fact that you're trying to give to them and how much they will give back. Even the worst, some of the worst people, Lauren, the meanest people, the, they go, eh, this one worked really hard for me. I got to make that extra call. Like we all kind of know. Yeah. So I don't know if that is a long-winded answer, but I don't know if that, I hope that helps. That helps because you already answered my follow-up, which was okay. how to approach these people. Yeah. Offer mm-hmm. something. Yeah. And I think if it's a celebrity too, here's another one. Pay them a compliment they've never heard before. Yeah. Now, Kev, I want to circle back to your Carney years. Yes. I've always been so interested in this, not just because you've gotten so many amazing lessons from it, but I just don't, like, how did that even happen? How and why did you start doing Carney work as a means to get to Hollywood? So I was going to go to law school to make my dad happy. And I knew, I was the one in my family knew my dad was going to die young. I just knew. So I wanted so bad. In your gut, you knew. I knew. And I wanted so badly to make him happy and make him proud of me. And he really wanted me to go to law school. When it came time, I took the LSATs. And when I saw the loans I would have to take, I, I was, I just, I can't, I can't do it. He was devastated. He was heartbroken. And it severed our relationship. And they didn't have money. It wasn't like they cut me off financially. They did cut me off emotionally. And I had a girl that a friend of mine who I dated one summer on the vineyard, I bumped into her at a bar being a drunk. And she said, well, you know, if you're not doing anything right now and you need money right now, I'm like, I want to make money fast because in October I want to go to LA. But I'm on my own. I like have to save all this money and pay off my loans and all this other stuff. Let's go work for my brother. Uh And so I showed up for one day. But because I treated that job the way your girl treated Victoria's Secret, the way Maria treated Dunkin' Donuts, and my other family members made fun of me and shamed me. You take this stupid job so serious. It's a carny job. Who cares? We had about three or four stands when we started. When I was done, we had 40. I created an inventory system. But that's how it happened. And it would be six months a year. I would work every single day I could. Very few weekend nights off or weekends off in general. I mean, I probably could count on two hands in the 10-year period. 
because I wanted to work every single day I could. So those six months, I could take that money and go to LA and write. So I was always willing to put in the work so I could do the scam, you know? And so for me, that's how it works. And so that's how I got into the comedy business. And, and the other thing is, as artists, don't be afraid to get another weird, strange world as long as they're safe. So I knew in the back of my head, I'm like, this is awesome. So, I mean, I never, I won't get into it now, but like I met this guy, Lobster Boy, who's world <laughs> famous now and infamous, unfortunately. It was Mob Run. So all the good fellas I knew and it was just- I mean, just, it's infinite material. It was infinite. I mean, yeah. I think in a way that job, in a weird way, it fulfilled your creativity. Mm. Yeah. And especially with all the systems you created. But there's something else that I think has been such a benefit for your career now from that- and that you worked all those long hours and yep. you really found a way to translate that into what you do now. Yes. So if somebody's not used to pushing their body in that way, what are some tips for them to start doing well, that? Well, for your kids who are young, I didn't start until I was 23. I encourage you to start working hard now. And most, 99% of people already think they're working hard and that's the problem. I never felt like that. I always was like, I know I can work harder. And I knew that was the only thing I could control. You can't control someone liking your music or liking your Facebook, your YouTube page or buying your script. No control over that. So many elements, right? So the things we can control, we must. So I can control how hard I can work. That's the one thing within my control. So I always would say everything you do in your day must somehow serve your career with one exception, the health and well-being of your loved ones. And I mean the real health and well-being of your loved ones, not... They want to go to the mall. Right. Or I'm having a bad day or, you know, no, I mean like someone is really sick and you've seen us, Lauren, you're the same way. You and I are friends when they've had real crises, like they've, you know, had people walk out on them and they're like, I'm homeless. And I've, then we all step up and go, no, stop. We're going to help. But other than that, everything you do in your day, and I mean your social life, even taking care of my little doggies. Wh why? They are the best form of stress relief and anxiety relief. They also keep Maria so happy, who's, who's for us, she's in the front lines. And, you know, she's got to have as happy and calm a life as possible. So taking care of our babies is serving our career. Social life went from being like, okay, I'm out at bars, thinking I was networking. All I was doing was drinking, spending money, which would have been better either in the bank uh, for safety or being invested in a camera or my website, whatever, thinking I was going to network. But when you're at bars, it's mostly other bums mm -hmm. that are there. It's not the people that are really making shit happen. So then my social life would become binge watching TV shows. Marie and I would go to like see three movies on a Saturday. So it's fun, but you're also learning about the business. And know that it's a marathon. It's not a sprint. And the minute you just, again, embrace, it's going to be hard. Sopranos, great quote. This is the life we chose. It's a big mob line that I actually used to hear back in the Carney days from the mobsters. But I always remind people about when it's we're having to do like our day jobs, it's really hard. But the thing is accepting the fact that it's a marathon. You're going to have to work hard to earn your scam. Like that's nothing. It's not your right. It's not your, you know, it's a privilege to be able to paint and to create. It's not a right. It's a privilege. So we have to earn that privilege. We still have to, you know, make our beds, feed our doggies, you know, be decent human beings, go to a job, make the money. I mean, for most of us, that's how it is. But I'll tell you, it ends up being a gift because you do have the work ethic in the end. You have the resilience. You have all of those things. You have the respect to, to keep the business going. You know, where someone who gets lucky, that's why they usually can't follow up mm -hmm. and they have the success but then they really don't know what to do with it whereas someone who's got that work ethic you're good so let's get to your success because you did transition from carny life to hollywood life mm -hmm. so what was your first big break and how did that come about so i mean the big break became becoming an official writer for the this is it was like a cheesy game show pilot but to finally get that title of writer was a big deal before then, I did PA work and all that other stuff. But the way I got that job was there was an older writer on staff. His name was Dean Young. And Dean, I just could tell he carried himself well. He was smart. He was so talented. He drove a Beamer. I'm like, 
I would just love to be him. So I, I thank God had the instinct to, to do what I'm advising your people to do, which was like, how do I help? So we became friends. But every Sunday we'd watch football, I cleaned his apartment as we were watching the game. Anything went wrong with his cars, I would fix them. And I just did everything I could. And a lot of times just listening because he was very frustrated with his career at the time. Yeah, even the people at the top are very frustrated. Very with frustrated. And, and they always feel heartbroken in some way. Yes. Mm-hmm. All of them. All of them. And feeling like they're missing something. And, you know, and when you can listen and be empathetic and uh, pump them up sometimes or offer solutions. And so when the time came to get the writer job at MTV, he fought so hard. I heard him on the phone. Like, you got to hire you. this guy. He's amazing. You have no idea. He's so dedicated. He's a hard worker. Like, you. You know, and he he gave me notes on my submission too. We had to submit all these jokes. I got that job, and then that led to being head writer at MTV for Singled Out and some other shows. Then I made my first film, and that's how I met Maria. So which took my life in a whole other direction. in a very different direction. But I often ask people about their greatest creative heartbreak, and I know that you had a moment where your whole life shifted. Yes. You were creating this film. You'd written the film, right? You were producing it. You were Directing doing everything. everything on it. You put all of your money into everything. it. And you lost it. Yes. And so I'm wondering how you recovered from that moment because your whole identity was tied up in that, right? So unfortunately, 20 years later, I'm still in recovery. <laughs> well, you, you never recover. You. Um, my biggest heartbreaks are all from my career. They're not from relationship but you know lauren no no don't say never because that that goes back to some words that are very powerful okay you know what i mean you will spend the rest of your life i guess maybe healing is that Um, what you say well no i really think you do heal because it's your perspective so tony robbins and other people have this line which is great life is happening for you not to you Mm. and you keep reminding yourself in those dark moments and why will be revealed to you later. So I will tell you, yes, that was, I, I imagine 10 years of being a carny, all that blood money that I had saved, and then working so hard in LA to finally make it and say, okay, I'm going to make my own film. And I built like, it was a, it was a very surreal movie. I built this world, this like fake town these 15 fantastic cars and these crazy sets. And because I'd become handy in the carny business, it matched with my work ethic. I was able to like, you know, create all this, but I made a lot of civilian mistakes that. Can you define that? Meaning we, we want to hook up our friends. We feel bad for other people's feelings. And, you know, when you're doing your art, you you just can't be like that. You have to really be loyal to what's best for the art. Now it doesn't mean be mean to anybody, but if people aren't right for that, for your art, if you don't have, the, we've talked about this, Lauren, for your stuff too. If you don't have the best, you know, music producer, or you have musicians contributing, and it's not good, you're not doing anyone. You're, first of all, you're screwing yourself over, but you're screwing those bad musicians too by falsely rewarding them. And I didn't understand that stuff, so you know, I had people in that were very inept, at best, and at worst, were malicious. And it just, in a blink, it went from, you know, head writer at MTV to, like, bankrupt and living in uh, an unfinished basement next to an oil burner. And all the contacts I had had were now suddenly gone because this one party was very slanderous and did a lot, just did terrible stuff. But I met Maria. And I remember just being like, okay, well, I don't know why this happened to me and why I'm in this position. But I know some of it has to do with me. What changes do I make? And that was the first thing I did. And I guess that's a different question on how did I pull out of it. But I No, that's that's the question. At that point in my life, I was not respectful of the people I dated. It was all about me and my career. And they were just kind of side pieces there for me when I needed them. And then when they'd break up with me, I'd be like, you know, the, those assholes, like, you know, I can't believe you cheated on me or left me. Well, duh. You know, and then the other thing was, uh, be honest, being Italian, I was I, I was vindictive. I never hurt anyone who didn't hurt me first, but if you hurt me, I would pay you back. And I'm like, okay, those two things end now. So I'm like, if I meet a girl, I'm going to treat her like gold or a partner, whoever it was going to be. And 
as far as yeah, I will not. I'm not going to retaliate anymore, and I'm going to take it all. On the, I'm going to take it on the chin. That's been a process too. But when I look at my life, how I was rewarded for those two things, and I'll take you back to why life is happening for you. At that time in the business, I looked up to all these sitcom writers, you know, and I looked up to these indie filmmakers. And I would say, oh, my God, if I could be them or if I could even just work for them, that's all I want. That's all I want. A lesson in being rigid, too. Maybe you can come back to that, too, with your dream and, and, and why you can't be rigid. And when you're young, you're going to tend to be, and that's the worst time to be rigid. You should never be rigid, especially when you're young. But I was rigid. But thank God the universe loved me enough to go, no, no, you're not going to make the next big indie feature and you're not going to go and do sitcoms. And I will tell you what the gift was because of that. Well, first of all, I met the love of my life, Maria. Secondly, it forced me to develop all of these other skills. I had to learn how to take care of Maria. I had to learn how to take care of dogs. Then I had to learn how to take care of her career. Like I never saw myself as someone to be an agent or a manager. And not that I am in an official capacity, but you essentially are. I'm better than anyone in the business. Yeah. I will say I'm the best because I not only can see the talent in the person and then I have the heart and the drive to get their talent over, but then I also, like you, Lauren, have the ability to create for them. Okay, let's do a sitcom. Let's do a song. Let's do... But Never would have developed those gifts. Became a New York Times bestselling author. Had to write Maria's books. Oh, you know, there's no writer. Oh, well, I'll figure it out. Launched a charity. Learned how to do that. Then, oh, okay, in came podcasting. I was always a talk radio fan and a TV-aholic and uh, a sports fan. And I was like, you know, there's no post-discussion in TV. So before Talking Dead, guess what? It was after Buzz. And I created that. And then I had to develop the technology. And then I had to physically build the studios. And and all these things, Lauren, on and on and on that I've done, had I just stayed rigid to my beliefs or what I wanted to do, or if I'd gotten what I wanted, which is my indie film turned out great, most of the indie filmmakers that were famous back then, they're really struggling for work. Why? Because the indie film business is dead. Then let's talk about sitcoms. The sitcoms I'm talking about are the four-camera, five-camera sitcoms. They don't make them anymore. All those people I looked up to, I'll never be them. They're all out of the business, Lauren. I'm far more successful than all of them. And why? Because life was happening for me, not to me. What I thought was the worst thing in the world that was happening to me was actually the best thing because it pushed me to diversify and learn these things. And now I'm still at an age where I still have so much creativity. Now I'm able to go back into movies and TV, but with power and respect. You know, yeah. so it is all happening for you. Had I known that, I wouldn't have been as sad, and I wouldn't have carried so much of the stress and the and the heartache. If I'd been like, "Hey, you know what? I'm going to trust the process. This is happening for me. I don't know why, but if you stick to the thing of everything you do in your day serves your career, and you're a decent person, it it will it will pay off. You'll find out why it's happening for you." I look at your life too, Lauren. You've diversified now. Had you just become a pop singer-songwriter, and you're still a baby, but you're going to look back and go, oh my goodness, thank God I developed all of these. Because now you have the ability, first of all, you have another skill set, which you always loved, number one. Number two, this skill set is what's going to promote your wares. I think there's so much power in taking the long way around and the dreams you find on the way to your dreams. Yes. And this goes to why you can't be so rigid. Mm-hmm. You got Our it. child brain has a hard time understanding that, though. I think you're right. We have to talk them off the ledge. Yes. You, well, you can now. I always say everything is you're halfway there if you recognize it. So now we just told you guys. <laughs> okay? Like, you need to be able to pivot. Not do a 180 necessarily. But pivot. Yeah. Just one step over to the left. You know, I can't tell you how many people, I'll give them the layup idea and the layup like resources to execute. And they'll go, no, I'm thinking I'm going to, because what I really want to do is, and and I just go, oh, they're screwed. They're screwed. Just pivot. Just trust. You know, let the door open for you. When you were in that moment after you realized the life that you thought you were going to have had slipped through your fingers, 
I think that those moments are often forks in the road, right? For me, I think God is questioning like, okay, either you're going to have to like re-up and do this in a completely different way, or you need to go in a different direction. How did you know that your path was to go in a different direction? Oh, I didn't. You didn't? No, that's just the universe. All those things just came to me. So you trusted your gut though. I know, you know, Lauren, I, I remember like you guys are getting the benefit of more awareness. Right. I'm bringing you awareness, but your your generation has more awareness. For us, it was just get up and keep trying. And you might, in the back of your head, hear that old saying of the definition of insanity is trying, doing the same thing over and over and expecting different results. So I at least knew that. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, I got to like keep changing things. But no, it was just getting up and trying. And my, I think my thought was, well, first of all, I'm never going to let what happened to Maria happen to me. Or happened to you, happened to Maria. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So thank you. So that's why if you look at Maria's career and why she's so diversified, because I was like, I am never going to let, you will have multiple buckets to pull from Maria with your career. You will never have to worry. No one person will do to you what was done to me. And that was my first thing. And my second thing was, well, again, by the way, when she becomes so huge, it's going to be easier for me to do what I want between the resources and things like that. And that's the other thing too. Proximity equals power. It's another Tony Robbins thing. But a lot of times our egos get in the way. So I've seen your generation have an opportunity to serve a powerful woman. Like, But everyone is like, no, I want to be the girl boss. I want to be the every girl. And that's the biggest, like, it's the dumbest move. Like, if you can get in with somebody who's more powerful than you, you're only going to get more powerful. I, I call it brand marriage. And you, when I say life, marry an equal, marry up, never marry down, personal or professional. But a lot of us would rather be with losers and clowns because they make us feel better because we're the rock star. But congratulations, you're the rock star of what? I'd rather be, you know, I'd rather be that person behind the person. So with Marie, I knew, and that part has come true. And I was able to do that for Maria, which was wonderful. And because of that, I'm, I get in every room I want because of Maria, you know? And because I was able to build, I was able to leverage, other, build other assets, you know, for her and with her that have paid off. So you spent so much of your career seeing other people, pushing other people, bringing out things in them that they never saw possible. How are you now working on turning the mirror on yourself Ooh. and doing that for Kevin? Well, that's what you're always on me about, Lauren. That's yeah, I am. I because you. you're so freaking talented, it kills me. Um, Your brain is like nobody else's in this world. Uh, really. Nobody okay. thinks like you. And you've got so much to offer. And I want to see. I can't ever have underpower because you're one of a kind. But I want to be that version to you because you are so powerful and you have so much to offer the world with your brain. I think, yes. And, and you do, but I want to see no, I've not, Kevin. I, I want to do more. And I'm, I, yes, I'm finding ways where I've been, say, deferring credit, trying to take more credit for things. I'm also trying to um, work with people that when they want to have all of me to figure out like, okay, what can I get in return? Even if it's just credit. So I'm working more with people that appreciate number one. And number two, I am trying to find, you know, this might help your people too, who really need a jump start. So my therapist said, at six years old, we're at our most creative because we're not blocked out. You know what I mean? We're just in this silly, innocent place. So we don't really know. We don't have enough awareness to experience the stressors and the things that would block our brain. It's just, oh, look, I drew this. So she had said to me, what did you do at six? Like that. I said, I'd write stories. She said, okay, I want you to write some stories. And she said, and I know what you're thinking. Your brain is thinking, what movie will they be someday? What TV series will they be? What book will they turn into? And if they're not going to be any of those things, I'm not doing it because it's going to waste my time. So she cut me off of the past. She said, don't think like that. Just do it. And I did it, and I wrote, like, these two, like, weird things that happened in my childhood. And um, it was so freeing, Lauren. And the first one I did was, as I haven't written in 10 years, I wrote Marie's book, last book was 10 years ago. And it was, prepare for your work to not be very good. (laughs) It was like, oh, my God, it was really messy and sloppy. But all of our creativity is like a muscle, and you have to exercise it. And so I fixed it, and it was good, but it really worked. It really triggered me 
to see things creatively again. Yeah, I'm trying to spend more time. My thing has been, I'm a do me, stealing that out of your generation. But, but you actually need to do you. Yeah. yeah. Most of those people are just going to get a manicure. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> true. So I, so I think try to find the time in your week to say, this is when I'm going to my guitar lessons. Or this is the time and you, I'm not going to be bothered. I'm putting my phone in airplane mode. I am going to do blank. I'm going to work on my website. I'm going to work on. But yeah, it's, it's making that. And now that you just gave me a reset because I've gotten away from it. But when I did what my therapist asked me to do, I started feeling better. Ideas started flowing into my body and I started feeling alive again. If you don't, like Lauren, if you didn't do this and you weren't doing your music, you will die inside. Oh, I know. So for the last 10 years, I haven't. It's been work because for, for Maria, you know, because of what she was having to deal with in our business. And I was rotting and I was starving inside and it was physically hurting me. And your generation... It will kill you guys. It will. We 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 are wired a little differently. Where it's like, ah, oh, shut up, bitch. You know, stop bitching and go and just fight through. But your generation's more like, whoa, 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 pump the brakes. Something's wrong, and um, that's why. So you have to answer your creativity. You have to find ways to do it and get it out there. So thank you for that because you're reminding me why I need to just do it for the sake of doing it. I was already getting back to a place of like, you know, I'm tired and. It's not going to be a book anyway, and 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 there's 20 other things I want to do, and no. it's not all or nothing, right? It's yeah. just that that exercise and again being present of like, hey, it was fun to write this. I enjoyed writing it, but it did really open me up to mm-hmm. other things. So, Kev, we work together on the Tomorrow Show. It's your podcast. It's now on the Not Sam Network. Yes, you've also added Roxy to the title, which yes. is like you're just the most amazing, but. I would be interested to hear a little bit about where it's at now and where you hope it goes. Well, the Tomorrow Show for me is the equivalent. So if you're out there and you start a rock band where you play local bars and the wife comes out and <laughs> cheers you on, that's the Tomorrow Show for me. It's us in Star Trek costumes. And we're all very close, as you remember. We're a little family. And we would go in and just have fun. And we could have guests on that we would learn from. And then other ones that might just get us publicity, which was still good for our us individually. But it's just something fun. And I think that's important. When I went into it, I, I was looking at it as a bigger play. But as it's settled in now, it's just something I just enjoy doing. And when I don't, we'll stop it. But it's to me, it's the rock band. So if you're the person out there, like, again, if you're, you have a full-time job and you have children or whatever, like, you know, it is finding that one creative outlet. And my version of a rock band right now is the Tomorrow Show, is doing that podcast. And we have a lot of fun doing it. And it's such a great show. I mean, I highly oh, recommend you. you tune in, go into the live chat. It's so much fun to watch as a fan. Thank you. Well, it's fun. And I think, and again, if you're going to do your band at the bar, you still want to be the best band at the bar, right? So we try to make as good a show as we can. So it's not like I just go and mail it in. I think the the bigger legacy for me, and that wouldn't have happened without all the bad things happening to myself. And because I'd seen how hard it is on talent, you know, for a hundred years in Hollywood, the, the, the greats know that our business is driven by two things, talent and ideas. Talent is the performers and ideas is the creators who create these great ideas. And rarely do we honor that within the business. Now it's honored outside the business, which is great, but within the business, I mean, the horror stories of how talent and idea people are just tortured and preyed upon when the other people, their only job is to facilitate the talent and the ideas. And so when we launched After Buzz, we developed this 50-50 mission. One, produce good content because you have to. And two, which happens to be after shows for your favorite TV shows, and we do all of them, 150 a week. But two is make a home for talent, a safe haven for talent, a place to, beyond that, to nurture them, make them great, honor them, put them on pedestals, and send them off into this world. And what we've learned is that two-part mission is not mutually exclusive. Because we help, we do so much to help our hosts, that's why we have good content. As all of these networks continue to crumble and fall, 
and knock on wood, we can we can withstand. But I pray that we will continue because I we say here we're building a new Hollywood model. And that is to show like talent and ideas are what drive the business and we should nurture them and build them and honor them. I, we, we Building this new place where people like you and Maria and Sophia are honored rightfully. So we here where where we feel like we're doing something special and and when i asked my staff i go put together a list of our top kids who are out in the business and successful they're famous and they're on tv or they're in movies or they're running you know other uh, ventures and you know it was over 100 and again would not have happened if i got what i wanted if the, if the universe if i didn't shift pivot a little bit and the universe wasn't working for me all those times. If we all got what we wanted, we'd be married to our seventh grade sweetheart. So, Kev, my final two questions go back to our six-year-old Kevin. Oh. So if you were in this room and your six-year-old Kev was also in the room and you two were looking at each other Mm -hmm. and he's seeing you and all the amazing things you've done, all the careers you've created, things you've written, the the movies that you've made and he's looking at you, what do you think he would say to you and why? That's a great question. And I think I should consider that more. I think we should also, that that's why you're amazing, Lauren. Oh, he'd be in awe. He'd be like, no, because of where we all came from, you know, like most of us, lower middle class, middle class, like, uh-huh. So, yeah, he would be, he'd be in awe. And, and sometimes I think about going back. You just wish you could go back. I wouldn't change anything, but I'd like to say, um, tr- trust me, it's going to be fine. Well, that was so, my next question. Yeah. What would you say to him and why? Yeah, just like, you're going to take some punches, but uh, it's all going to work out. So it, most of you that are sweating the punches you're taking, 90% of the stuff that we stress about in our days, we really, none of it comes to fruition, probably 95%. So that's why being present, enjoying your present moments, it's so important because that's what I look back and say, like, I carried so many bags of bricks, Lauren, thinking about what I wasn't getting, how I had failed, and looking back, like, if I could have just dumped those bricks, like, how much faster and better would I have been, you know? It it it, it just made more pain. And so many, of us, so many of us just carry the bricks. And we focus, you know, the, you know, the other thing I'm, I've been learning, Lauren, and I'll share with you, is... I also say, like, what's the truth you want to own? Because there's different truths on things. Explain that. Well, recently, a friend of mine's, a boyfriend, he was the last cut for an NBA team as a player. So the truth he owned was that the coach screwed him, and that's, like, screwed up his whole life. Now, first of all, let's say that's absolutely true absolute 100% true this coach was like I hate this kid and you know what like I'm going to make sure that you not only don't make it here you never make it anywhere okay so there's that truth but what about the other truth that he was undrafted he played at a division 3 college and the mother effer made it to the last cut of the NBF and A is that a lie or is that not truth? True. That's truth. What's the truth you want to own? You know, and I'll I end up saying this to this person. Do you want what truth do you want to own? If you own my truth, which is true, watch how much more abundance you're going to get and how much more success you're going to get, how much better you're going to feel about yourself. But if you own that other truth, then you're going to get you're carrying more weight, you're going to feel more like shit. So there's a lot of times that we are owning this just a couple of versions of true, and they're both true. But what's the truth you want to own? Kev. Does I'm, that make sense? I mean, that makes so much sense. I could literally talk to you for 19 hours. I had 93 more questions to ask well, you. Well, I'm going to come back. But yeah, you're going to have to come We're gonna back. We're going to do a holiday edition. I can't wait. I want to do that. Can we sing? It's all about, no, because it's just all about the holidays. <laughs> the, the thing is about if your people are really depressed, mm-hmm. is there's a, there's a guy, Dr. Amen, he's a brain doctor. He has a process where he has you take something down to absolute truth. So in the case of this basketball player who said the coach hated me and that and cut me because he hated me personally, whatever, 
and and that's why I didn't make it in the NBA. He'll run you through a process, but basically what it comes down to is can you prove 100% that that's absolutely true? And you can't, and he couldn't, the kid. He couldn't. He couldn't prove that that's the reason why he's not in the NBA. That's the reason why his life is terrible. That couldn't 100% absolutely prove that. So a lot of times when you're having those issues, just ask yourself, is that one? Because how many times you go like, People will say things and be like, well, the reason I didn't get this is because I got screwed out of that. Well, let's really ask ourselves, is that 100? Can you prove that's 100% true? And most of the time, you can't. So, and we will be starting uh, the Christmas in July, Christmas in August podcast coming soon. You know why? Why? Because I love Christmas. And on my I'm a do me, <laughs> I've decided that why can't I have Christmas 12 months a year. You can. So I have found other wackadoodles <laughs> who do podcasts year round who feel the same way. And and for my own amusement, we will be congregating to form some kind of network. And yeah, we will be doing something in that vein. So maybe, Lauren, I can get you as a contributor. Oh, I'd love that. Once a month. Perfect. What is your show? Is it a very 2000s Christmas we have, I'm thinking yours maybe could be musical. Yeah, maybe the it, hits. Maybe. maybe we could make up some live songs. You could do that. You could do, yeah, folks. Yeah, by the way, yeah, it could be maybe. I don't know. Let's keep brainstorming. Yeah. Anyway, but that's just fun for me. And that doesn't really, it's not going to move the needle business-wise. But a lot it's of It's going to move the soul. It does. And that's what moves other things. Yeah. And I know your people, because they're younger, they're more limited on means and time. But you'll be surprised at what doors open. You know, half a life is showing up. Show up. You know, like that girl showed up for work that day at Victoria's Secret. And now look at her. You've changed her life. You showed up. Because when you came up to me, when we first met, you intelligently and articulately spoke about radio in a way that people from your generation don't speak. And I'm like, oh my God, you've got it. And yeah, we're going to make that happen. And then we got you with Marie and Sirius and the rest is history. But you approached me and were like, and well, you there, saw it's me. it's not just the rest is history. Kevin put himself on the line. Yeah. You put yourself on the line to get me in the door. And Serena's told me time and time again how much you fought for me. Oh, yeah. So that's what Kevin does. And I just want to encourage you wherever you are to be a Kevin because you never mm. know how you could change someone's life. I would not be sitting here today if you hadn't put yourself on the line no. in that way. You make me cry. So wherever you are, be a Kevin. Believe in people. Yeah, see them. You never see them. See them. You well, never you know them, how Lauren. it could change someone. Yeah, yeah. Well, even... You know, and that's what I said. If a barista is like makes your coffee good, or he, or he's a man, don't be afraid to sit, tell them. Yeah, just see them in that moment. Sometimes you never know. That's the one thing that's going to get them through their day. Mm -hmm. That they, I can't tell you how many times I'll get a text. So X Pac, Sean Waltman, just out of the blue, the other day I was having a terrible day, and he's like, "Kevin, what you know? I love you." <laughs> I was like, and I was like, "You have no idea like how much uh, that meant to me in that moment." It, it just see it, see people, and don't be afraid to uh, express when you see them, you know? Yeah, I do. Well, I love you. I love you thank too, you honey. for being here. I'm so proud of you and I love this show and you gotta, yeah, just keep it going. I'm gonna, I mean, you, like you said, Italians were just too stupid to quit. Too dumb to quit. That's the name of my book. <laughs> That's what I too always think. Too dumb to quit. Whenever I'm like, I don't know. Nope, too dumb to too quit. Too dumb to quit. <laughs> just keep, we just get up and just get more hits to the head and keep going. Too dumb. But we're having fun. As long as we're having fun. You can scam all you want, Lauren, but... You still got to do the work. You got to do the work. I love you. Have you too, honey. Thank you so much for listening and to my amazing mentor and guest, Kevin Undergaro. For more info on Kevin, follow him at Undergaro on all social platforms. You can also find his digital network, AfterBuzz TV, at AfterBuzz TV everywhere. And watch The Tomorrow Show with Kevin Undergaro and Roxy Stryer on the Not Sam Network every Wednesday night. And you can also hear it on Apple Podcasts. Thanks to Liz Full for the original music. You can follow her at Liz Full. Thanks to intern Kate Cordova. Follow her at CordovaKate27. And thank you for another awesome week. If you like what you heard, go ahead and give the show a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. Subscribe and follow it on Spotify. Your support means we reach more ears and hearts. You can follow the show at Unleash Your Inner Creative at YouAreInnerCreative on Twitter. Join the Facebook group by searching Unleash Creative Community and find me at Lauren LaGrasso everywhere. This week, I hope you'll take Kevin's lesson to see someone, truly see them, and let them know what a great job they're doing. 
Thank you for listening and stick around for the creative of the week. My creative of the week is singer, writer, and podcast producer, Danny Silva. Danny's best known for producing shows such as Anna Ferris's Unqualified, Sorry Not Sorry with Alyssa Milano, and for her amazing music Instagram, Stairwell Collabs. I wanted to share her because, number one, she is wildly talented, and number two, I feel a real kinship to her. She has a similar path to me. She found that she had a talent for producing through a class at USC and has made a professional career of it. However, she is using every second of her spare time to pursue her creative passion for singing. Her Instagram page, Stairwell Collab, shows her incredible singing and music chops. It blows me away every time. She just graduated and is already doing amazing things, and I'm super proud to have her in our creative community. I truly believe all of her dreams will come true. For more info on Danny, follow her at underscore Daniela Silva official underscore and check out her music page at Stairwell Collabs. Thank you so much for listening. And as always, please remember, I believe in you and anything you set your mind to. If you believe in it, you practice it, you focus on it, you visualize it, you can do it. Talk with you next week.